In June, the State Department of Health released a report on infant mortality in New York between 2016 and 2019, which found that while racial and ethnic disparities in infant mortality persist, the number of overall infant deaths declined by 12% during this period. For more on the report and addressing infant mortality in New York, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Dr. Marilyn Kasika, the Medical Director for the Division of Family Health at the State Health Department. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kasika. Thank you, David, for having me. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. So according to the state's new report, New York's rate of infant mortality, which is defined as the death of an infant before the age of one, went from 4.36 deaths per thousand live births in 2016 to 3.85 deaths in 2019. What do these top line numbers mean to you? I think that it has shown progress from many of our efforts across the state, and it's certainly welcome progress. You know, New York State ranks fourth in the country for a best rate, which is really quite something, especially when you think about the diversity of our population. And I think the efforts that the state has done with improving maternal mortality and women's health, et cetera, I think it has shown with our decrease in infant mortality. And the infant mortality decrease we're talking about is about a 12% rate of decline. So is that a significant enough number that you can attribute it to policies and decisions that have been made across the state? Or is that a negligible change that could just be the product of different year-to-year variation? No, I think that's a significant change because if you look at the national decline overall, it was only 5%. So we we did much better than the national. And I think it is attributable to all the efforts that have been going on in New York State. Well, what would you point to in particular as some of the policies that made a difference in this trend in the right direction? I think New York State has a system of regionalization of their hospitals which ensure that hospitals are up to standards, the current standards, and they work with their affiliate hospitals. So for example, we have higher level hospitals, which are the larger hospitals that work with lower level hospitals to make sure that they have everything they need. They have consultants, they can call them for any kind of questions. And especially with neonatal care, there are neonatal transport systems to go out and pick up babies who need to be transferred to higher levels of care. I think that has been a big thing in as far as access to quality care. I think we have worked on teen pregnancy prevention over time, which has been very successful. We've had tobacco cessation programs and policies associated with smoking that have decreased uh, smoking in our state for um, birthing people. So I think there's an emphasis on home visiting to get into the community and provide education, coordination of care for individuals. So I think there's a lot of efforts. So while there was good news on the statewide front, the infant mortality rates were higher for children of color compared to their white peers in this data, with death more than twice as likely for 
black babies compared to non-Hispanic white babies, a trend that was slightly exacerbated from 2016 to 2019. Disparities in health outcomes based on, on race and socioeconomic status are, are not a new phenomenon, though, in New York or around the country. But what do you make of the size of the gap in, in the outcomes that we saw in 2016 and 2019? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot that goes into that as far as what birthing people of the Black race are facing. I think we have looked at factors as far as employment. We've looked at income, housing, transportation, you know, food security, access to healthy foods, stress, health care coverage, uh, quality of medical care, et, et cetera. And I think we also have to also bring up the persistent racism and discrimination that, you know, we have seen that also drive these racial disparities. So the former elements that you talked about, a lot of the socioeconomic issues can be addressed through policy, but is there a way to address systemic racism in the medical community that could potentially curb these numbers? You know, we we are doing that. The state has had a focus on maternal mortality since at least 2018. And one of the recommendations from our task force on maternal mortality and disparate racial outcomes was to conduct implicit bias training for hospitals across the state. And since that time, you know, implicit bias training doesn't necessarily itself do much. One training never changes a behavior. So we at the department instead used a mechanism that we have in place, an infrastructure of our New York State Perinatal Quality Collaborative, where we work with hospitals across the state on different types of issues that impact maternal health and outcomes or infant uh, outcomes, mostly neonatal. So we designed a birth equity improvement project where we actually are focusing on the experience of care of Black birthing people. And through that, we look at the policies within the hospital. We've worked on education as far as recognizing racism within the facility. I think that's a hard conversation and one that has evolved through this project. And what we want to see in the end are improved outcomes and also an improvement in the Black experience of care that they have received. So I think that we are working on systems change within facilities, and it's ongoing work right now. And hospitals are very vested in this and are doing a, a great job. Well, you mentioned the idea of maternal mortality rates, and I think it's fair to lump the conversation about those deaths in with the infant mortality rates. But are there a correlation between infant mortality rates and maternal mortality rates? I don't think there's a correlation between the rates per se, but I think it's certainly the care of the birthing person that impacts infant mortality. If a birthing person enters into pregnancy in a healthier state or they're they're managed better through their pregnancy, you decrease your mortality rates for birthing persons and also for infants. You know, in this report, we saw that 
birthing people that entered pregnancy with a history of diabetes or hypertension, their infants had a higher mortality rate. So it is a dyad that we focus on, the you know maternal infant dyad. Well, moving forward, what are realistic goals for infant mortality rates in New York? I think that if you know if you look at the report and you look at different areas of the state, not only are there racial disparities, but there are geographic disparities. And I think you know we have identified different risk factors that are associated with higher infant mortality rates. But I think the amount of disparity and the rates differ across the state. So I think we really need to know what is happening locally in order to devise local plans to improve outcomes. I think there is, you know, there are certainly things we can do statewide, definitely. But I think having that local input also will really improve what we're seeing. But are there benchmarks that say the department is setting for itself? Like, would you like to see 12% declines in the infant mortality rates every three years? Do you think you could do a sharper decline? How do you think about the numbers in the future? I don't know if we so much set benchmarks like that. Of course, we would like no infant to die before their first birthday. So I think we want to consistently improve, bring the rates down and bring that disparity down also. There should be no difference in infant mortality rates, no matter what race you are. And I think that's a goal. We want to make sure that all infants, all families receive quality, equitable care. Well, we've been talking about infant mortality rates through the lens of data for 2016 through 2019. Do you have any sense of what the infant mortality rates have been for the following three years, for 2020 through 2022? You know, I do not at this point because the data is not finalized. Um, So at this point in time, I don't have those numbers. Are there, though, anecdotal reports that you get from hospitals or rough estimates that you begin to trickle in that give you some... I guess, uh, understanding of what we might be in store for when we finally get to crunch the official numbers? You know, not really, because we get this information from our our vital statistics. It's not really anecdotal. Hmm. Well, do you feel like we get this data in a fast enough and comprehensive enough time frame so that state policies can be responsive to what we're actually seeing on the ground? I do think things are improving, and I do think we are getting the data um, certainly more quickly than we have in the past. That's certainly a goal to be more timely, because I agree you want to react to what's happening now. I I totally agree with that. I do think our data is very complete. We have a lot to call from that we collect. So I, I do think it's improving, and I do think that as time goes on, it'll even get better. Well, we've been speaking with Dr. Marilyn Kasika. She is the medical director for the Division of Family Health at the State Health Department. Dr. Kasika, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit 
capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.